Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. It is my show and you are welcome to join in 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. Y'all, I, I listen, I, I just got to start with that game. I do. I, I got to be honest. Confess. I got to confess. It's the ninth inning. It is Saturday night. It's after 11 o'clock. Got church in the morning. And do I do I wake my kids or not? Because it's the ninth inning and it's four to two. I, I have seen the Braves throw it all away in the ninth inning. And I thought, eh, I should probably get them. So I rounded up the crew and we sat and we watched. Will Smith, he got that ball to A.J. Pollock, went ground ball to Dansby Swanson, threw it to first, and the Braves go to the World Series. It was an amazing game. I am not a huge baseball TV fan. I love to go to games. I don't go to enough games. I've only been to three games this year. I'd like to get season tickets. I'd like to go more. I just haven't. If I had season tickets, I, I, I know I would go more. It's the fight for the tickets, the search for the tickets and all that. I need to get season tickets. But it was, it was incredible. Uh, and then I got this. Uh, from Jason Stark with The Athletic. And it is an interesting factoid for you. And we'll move on. This is not a sports program, but it's the Braves. My flagship station is WSB in Atlanta. I root for the Braves. I like the, the, the Cubs were my team growing up, but I, I feel obligated in Atlanta with the Braves. But here's the remarkable thing. And even if you are not a baseball fan. This is the most remarkable thing. There has never been a team that made it to the World Series in the history of baseball that lost as many games at the beginning of the season, except the Braves. 111 games before holding a winning record. 111 games before holding a winning record. Let me read you this from Jason Stark. This this is impossible. If you've watched baseball, you probably think you know what a World Series team looks like, by which it wouldn't be the Atlanta Braves, not the Braves of April or May or June or July. And please understand, I don't say this in a lack of respect. I say this for a reason. It's a fact. There's never been a World Series team like this Atlanta Braves, period. This will be a team that didn't spend one day, not one, above 500 until its 11th game of the season, 111th game of the season. World Series teams follow all sorts of paths. They don't follow this path, not until this team. No World Series team in the history of baseball ever had ever gone as many games into a season without having a winning record as this Atlanta Braves team has. It's not even close. You know who the number two team is? The Atlanta Braves. 
Actually, I guess they weren't in Atlanta at the time. They were the 1914 Braves. They went 91 games before a winning record. So the the next closest team on the list, 20 games behind this team with a, a losing record until they won was the 1914 Braves. Their nickname was the Miracle Braves. That should tell us something about the 2021 Braves. It, it really was. It was a, you don't have to be a, a fan of the game to recognize that game was fantastic. It really was. I realize we've got other stuff to talk about, but I just, I, I got to spend a moment here and I, I want to say something uh, and, and this, this will have some of you flag me as a lib, I guess. Uh, my, my friend Donna is the publisher of the AJC. She may be listening right now. Uh, this is one of those moments where, my gosh, do you need a real physical printed paper in your hand? You cannot frame the digital front page of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution party like it's 1999, the last time the Braves were in the World Series. You got to have the printed copy. You got to have the ink on your hands that bleeds off your hands from the, that black cover. You need a real newspaper. It, I am actually in the camp of people who thinks it actually is bad for America that so many local newspapers around the country are, are closing up. Uh, so many uh, major companies. Did you know the, the Los An- or the Chicago Tribune has basically been, been rendered one reporter? I mean, they've been gutted by a hedge fund. Private equity guy, rather. A local newspaper like the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that can cover this monumental situation where an entire city comes together. And listen, and congratulations to the Houston Astros as well. And I want to be very honest with you about my views on the Astros. I've never been a fan of the Astros in large part because my mom had a lot of family that lived in Texas. They were diehard Astros fans. And since they were, I could not be. I wasn't a big fan of this side of the family. But... Yes, the Astros were cheaters, and now they have something to prove that they need to prove that they can do it without cheating. And so I don't hate the Astros for having been cheaters. I admire their willingness to come back from having done that and try to win honestly. And I think they deserve a shot. And frankly, the Braves going into the game are the underdogs. They they genuinely are the underdogs. So God bless the Astros. I, I hope we mop the floor with them. Now... Along the way, we're going to have a bunch of bedwetters in the press who don't know what to do with themselves. Who, If you're a progressive sports writer, of which they are probably predominant these days, so many of them have brought politics into the game, who do you root for? The team with the tomahawk chop or the team from the state that's banned abortion successfully? Who do you root for? Injuries, I guess. I mean, over the weekend, Travis Tritt sang the national anthem at the at the final game, game six. This is from the Washington Post, Travis Tritt. Who, by the way, Travis Tritt has blocked me on Twitter. I have no idea why. I don't know whatever what I ever did to make that guy mad, but he blocked me on Twitter. Here's the headline: Travis Tritt, who is against vaccine mandates, to sing national anthem before game six of the NLCS. If game six of the National League Championship Series were held at Dodger Stadium, country star Travis Tritt probably would not be willing to perform the national anthem. Doing so would violate the Georgia natives' off-stated policy against performing in any venue that requires patrons to be vaccinated against the coronavirus. 
proof of vaccination or a negative coronavirus test has been required for entry into Dodgers home games throughout the postseason. The TP, home of the Atlanta Braves, does not have such a policy. Tritt will perform the national anthem Saturday night. The Braves chose Tritt because he's a big fan of the team. Most teams bring out their most high-profile fans this time of year. But the choice is somewhat puzzling because it seems to court unnecessary controversy given Tritt's stance against vaccine mandates. It's only a controversy if your world revolves around politics. The Los Angeles Times sports writer Bill What's-His-Name is upset because of the racist tomahawk chop. In fact, sports writers across the nation have been saying the same thing. The, 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 the tomahawk chop is bad. We're going to have to endure that in the World Series. You know the hot think pieces are coming any second now. We're going to get some hot takes from members of the press who are progressives and cover sports. And they're just going to be uh, horrified. Who do we root for? The cheaters or the racists? It's only a matter of time before they do that. You know it. It's going to be miserable for all of them. Good. Good. Let them come to terms with this game and see if they can set aside their politics. Maybe they will tune it out and not participate. But the way, and notice, it, it's it's progressives who are constantly dragging politics in. Do they not realize the Cherokees and the Braves have come to terms about the Tomahawk Chop? It's, it's supported by the team. The team has no desire or interest to change its team name, unlike the Cleveland Indians. The Braves have encouraged the Tomahawk Chop. Good. It is tradition. It is not offensive. In fact, you you interview your average American Indian, they're totally fine with it. It's only the progressive white people who are upset about it. Why, you know, it, it really is remarkable to me the amount of time Western civilization now spends placating rich white atheists. Transgenderism is a is an issue of rich white secular people. The the uh, offense at the tomahawk chop, rich white secular people. Pretty much everything we do in society now, your your fossil fuel burning car, it upsets the rich white secular atheist people. Everything we do in society these days is ordered around placating the sensitivities of rich white secular atheist people. As Dave Chappelle pointed out, uh, no one would be bullied about accepting or not transgenderism if it weren't for a bunch of white dudes, rich white dudes who've decided they're transgender. Now everybody in society has got to conform to them. And the same with the Braves and the Astros. Uh, Texas and Georgia both passed voting rights. What about Stacey Abrams? How is she going to handle this? And the the Major League Baseball commissioner welcoming him to Atlanta after pulling the All-Star game. Ha! I hope he gets booed. This This is a good thing for both Texas and Georgia. Now, I, I got to say something else as well. I I don't have tickets. This this is not, I mean, listen, if you want to give me tickets, give me tickets. I, I'm happy to go, but this isn't really a solicitation of tickets. This this is the one lament. And I think we, we can appreciate and enjoy having the Braves and also have the lament. 
the nation's pastime. Baseball is the nation's pastime. And this game will be watched by millions of people on television. But it will be out of it'll it'll be out of class, out of pocket, out out of out of reach of so many people who won't be able to go to the game, who would want to go to the game. The tickets are extraordinary. A buddy of mine looked on StubHub the other day. The cheapest ticket he's found was $1,400, which, I, I mean, listen, I, I I would love to take my team to go to the game, but not at that price point. I, I love them. I do. I'd like to take my my kids for the memory. But that's, that's listen, it, it's, yes, the free market demands. I, I, I don't think anyone should cap the prices. I don't. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying, though, we can we can appreciate that so many people, so many longtime fans who have gone to so many games, who have sat in the nosebleed seats, who will be priced out of the World Series because it is the World Series. It, it's it's extraordinarily exciting, but it's also, I, I, I lament a little bit the kids who would love to go who can't go because... Only the well-to-do will be able to go, given the price point of the tickets. There's nothing that I'm not advocating for anything. I'm just lamenting that that is the case, appreciating the prices. It is historic. It will be a lot of fun. A lot of people will enjoy it. A lot of people will go to the battery and do this. Now, you know, I was talking to someone who works for the, the ownership company who was remarking that the genius of of the Atlanta Braves, how they've designed the stadium in Atlanta. For those of you who haven't been, you have the baseball stadium, and then around the stadium, really on one side, a corridor of shops and really good restaurants. And I'm talking extraordinarily good restaurants. And they've got an area where they can show the game on the big screen for people who want to come have a beer and watch the game, and otherwise they, they can't get into the game. They can't afford it. They can still be part of the experience. And they designed this as a real estate play. The Braves are a baseball team, but they're actually a real estate play. As long as they're good, people will come to the battery and their owner will make money even if they never make it to the World Series. And this guy was telling me that the genius of it is the Braves never have to get to the World Series. They don't have to invest to build the team to get to the World Series. As long as they invest in a team that's competitive, people are going to come cheer them on and watch the games. And yet, they managed to do it. The team itself has held the team together. And this is one of the the side stories here, is the team itself working as a team, holding each other accountable and together in a way sometimes you don't see in baseball teams. Sometimes it's just they, they get paid so much it's every man for themselves. Everybody wants to be the star. And really, the Braves did come together. And frankly, so did the Astros come together as a team because of their reputation, needing to prove that they could do it. But the Braves as well, my team, each of them being a team member, not an individual star. There are plenty of individual stars. Rosario, Swanson, Freeman, plenty of stars. Albies is just amazing. I think he's my favorite. And yet they're a team. And they will make it to the World Series. The team with the worst record at the beginning of the season to go all the way to the World Series in baseball history. It's going to make for one heck of a World Series. If you are a regular listener of this year program, uh, you know my quest for the perfect mattress. I finally found one after multiple iterations. And then, of course, you got to get the perfect sheets to go with the mattress. I mean, you, you need quality sheets. 
Well, that's why Bull and Branch is right for you. You know, uh, there's a great, great, great company out there. Uh, they're highly entrepreneurial and they make high quality sheets, the highest quality. It makes the world a better place when you're sleeping under high quality sheets on a great mattress and you need Bull and Branch to go with your mattress. They are soft. They, you know, they've got that weighted feel, but they're also very, very soft. They're very comfortable. You sleep cool, but you also feel like you have something on you. Like I can't sleep in super light sheets and the bowl and branch. They are the perfect purpose balance. My wife loves them. I love them. They're super soft. They're high quality. And you know what? You'll sleep well at night with them. You'll also, you know, for some reason, the bowl and branch, it, it's the sheen on them there. You don't get tangled up in the covers at night, which is also great. So I highly recommend bowl and branch. You can try them worry-free for 30 nights if you don't believe me. You get free shipping and returns. Now, my listeners get 15% off your first set of sheets with promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L, and branch.com. The promo code is ERIC. Sleep comfortably with bowl and branch. You won't get tangled up under the covers. They give you a little weight. They're just, they're the perfect set of sheets to go with your mattress. The phone lines are open. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Well, we do have to get on to real things now beyond the World Series. Inflation, it's coming. It's happening. It's real. Here's Janet Yellen, the Secretary of the Treasury. When do you expect the inflation to get back to the you know, 2% range, which is considered normal. 2022, 2023, when? Well, I expect that to happen next year. Um, monthly rates of inflation have already fallen substantially from the very high rates that we saw in the spring and early summer. Um, on a 12-month basis, the inflation rate um, will remain high uh, into next year because of what's already happened. But uh, I expect improvement uh, by the end of by the middle to end of next year, second second half of next year. Second half of 2022. Second half of 2022. That's not enough to help Joe Biden. I went to went grocery shopping yesterday, and the amount of empty shelves has gone back up at my uh, local Publix grocery store. Uh, the, the sports drinks, again, are gone. Some of the deli meat selections were in. Uh, what was the other thing? Um, uh, there, there, there were bottled, well, there was a lot of empty bottled water. It wasn't a sale issue. Lots of lacking bottled water, which was a little bit bizarre. And then, um, gosh, there was something else. So now I can't think of what it was, uh, which struck me as a, as a weird thing to be out of. Um, it, it's just, it, this is, you got prices going up. And you got supply shortages. And one of the things that uh, the Democrats are trying to do, which I think is is probably to their detriment, is trying to will it all away and say, it's no big deal, get over it. But this is going to haunt them, I think, that the voters definitely are upset about this. Y'all, from the moment I sat in my X chair, my body said, this is what a real office chair is supposed to be like. I had, gosh, I had gone through office chairs and then I got my X chair and it is the perfect chair. In fact, my X chair, unlike your chair, can massage my back while I'm sitting doing three hours of talk radio. 
It can even heat up and cool down depending on my office, which tends to run hot in the summer and cold in the wintertime. And it's all in the LMX massage and temperature regulation exclusively designed for the X-Chair. And once you feel the customized support of X-Chair's patented dynamic lumbar DVL, they call it, dynamic variable lumbar, your back's going to be happy. What I need you to do, you got to go check out the X-Chair because yeah, I bought the, y'all know the expensive brand and I bought it. It was a good chair. It actually was a really good chair. And X-Chair takes it to the next level. What you need to do is go to xchaireric.com now. That's X, the letter X, chair, E-R-I-C-K.com or call 844-4-X-Chair for $100 off your order. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort. You can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. It's xchaireric, E-R-I-C-K.com. It is worth it. Hi there, it is Eric Erickson here. Uh, The phone number, if you'd like to be a part of the program, is 877-973-7425. A buddy of mine texted me and said, you can find tickets for the World Series for 300 bucks. Now, I got to go back and look because I was looking on StubHub and they were like 1,400 bucks. I was like, there is no way. And then I got to be gone on Thursday night and Friday. So I don't know that I can go, but in any event. We must move on. I've been thinking about this a lot. Uh, This morning, so I, every morning, get together on the phone with uh, my assistant, Candace, and then Charlie and Philip. Charlie handles the radio side of stuff for me. Philip handles the digital side of stuff. They, They collaborate a lot on everything. And we got into the discussion of why are the Democrats doing what they're doing? And, you know, the the easy answer is that they see what's coming and they're trying to grab as much as they can on the way out the door. They're trying to implement enough policies that they look at Obamacare. Obamacare was never fully successfully repealed by the GOP. And they think, let's put as much stuff in place as we can, knowing we're about to get wiped out and dare the Republicans to undo it. And a lot of people are on that side of the coin, that that's what the Democrats are doing. I'm actually on a different side of the coin. And it is the same coin. You're wondering what the coin is. The Democrats are doing all of these crazy things. The issue is why. There there are two issues, two sides of the coin. The one side is they're doing it because they know they're about to be defeated. I'm on the other side of the coin. They're doing it because they think it will help them stave off defeat. They're doing it for mitigation purposes. See, the Democrats are in a bubble. Everyone's in a bubble. I'm more and more mindful how so many people are in bubbles. And I think the Democrats and the media live in an unhealthy echo chamber within a bubble. But enough real-world information penetrates that bubble, including history. The Democrats, progressives, Jonah Goldberg wrote this in his book, Liberal Fascism. He does point out they don't have a sense of history. You don't have to have history when you think you're always writing it and history bends towards you. And the Democrats do think history bends towards them, but they do know that historically the party out of power loses. So the issue for the Democrats is how do they mitigate the losses? How do they mitigate it? And they look to history and the the 
the times that the party in power lost but did not lose badly were times that those parties passed things that were popular so that the voters did not fully punish them. They dinged them, but they didn't punish them. And so the Democrats think if we throw all of this stuff in a reconciliation package that is popular, they will the, the, the public will not punish us as much. Now, they, they can't say reward us because they know that's unlikely. It's, it's a mitigation strategy. Let's see if, if the voters will not punish us as much as they otherwise would if we do these sorts of things. And so they've got this grab bag of goodies they think are very popular, a uh, child tax credit, uh, expanded Medicare, Medicaid, uh, prescription drug benefits, educational benefits, all sorts of things. And they can't now deliver all of it because Joe Manchin won't let them go up as much as they would in spending. They wanted multiple trillions. He's at 1.5. They think they can get him to 1.7, and he has signaled 1.7 as possible. Christian Cinema as well. Kirsten Cinema is also working behind the scenes on this stuff. And the Democrats have to do something to give progressives a win. Let's just let's step back for a minute. Progressives lost on amnesty. They lost the For the People Act. They've lost on the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. They've lost the complete Green New Deal. They haven't gotten anything. They gave the Democrats the House. They gave the Democrats the Senate, or really the Georgia Republicans gave them the Senate. They've got the White House, and they can't get anything done. On top of that, Joe Biden's popularity is getting deeply unpopular. Here's Kellyanne Conway. She made the rounds on the Sunday shows this weekend. Gallup today came out with a poll that showed since June, Joe Biden's approval rating among independents has cratered 21 points. Think about that. Just three months, three or four months, it's gone down 21 points. Now, independents traditionally, Jesse, would say, I'm an independent. You look down, they hadn't voted in years. That's no longer true. Independents call themselves independents because they are paying attention to politics, not because they're not. They refuse to declare, they refuse to pledge allegiance to either party. They declare independence from both parties. And they don't like Washington. They don't like politicians to begin with. They look at Joe Biden now and they don't see somebody who's able to leverage 47 years in Washington. They see someone who is a product of 47 years in Washington. And the Democrats don't have a messaging problem. They don't have a messenger problem. They have a fact problem. They are trying to foist on the rest of us trillions of dollars in spending that, according to the polls, people don't want. They say, no, everybody loves the Build Back Better plan. They want child care. They want roads. They want bridges. Well, we like chocolate chip cookies and newborn puppies, too. <laughs> but that's not what this is. People right. know the particulars. They know the price tag. And I would say with Biden, we, we really should have listened to the Democrats, the 25 who ran against him and didn't want him to be president. They didn't think he was up to the task, up to the fight, up to the job. They were right. The, America doesn't want Biden now. The Democrats don't want him in the future. Joe Biden was popular because he wasn't Trump. He won because he promised a return to normalcy. He promised to beat the virus and he promised a return to normalcy. And we're not getting that. We're not getting that. They're firing Americans now who won't take the vaccine. Joe Biden is making employers do it. Some of the employers don't really want to. And yet he's forcing them to with an executive order. He's pushing over on Americans 
all sorts of social agenda issues they don't want. You know, uh, Barack Obama went to Richmond, Virginia. Well, actually, pause. Freeze this. Let, 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 let's just, just pause right here. Joe Biden went to campaign for Terry McAuliffe in Virginia. He went to Arlington, Virginia. For those of you not familiar with Virginia, Arlington, Virginia is Washington, D.C. The sitting president of the United States of America is so unpopular that Terry McAuliffe could not take him further into Virginia than across the bridge, across the Potomac from Georgetown, Washington, D.C. It Terry McAuliffe was able to get Barack Obama to go to Richmond, Virginia, but the sitting president of the United States could not go further into Virginia than Arlington lest he incite more people to vote against Terry McAuliffe. That's a pretty damning indictment on the popularity of Joe Biden that that's as far into Virginia as he could go. And don't tell me he couldn't go further because you and I both know darn well that Virginia is treated as a referendum on the incumbent president. If Virginia goes badly for the incumbent, the Democrats or Republicans who's ever in the White House expects disaster the next year. And that Biden would not go campaign hard in Virginia for McAuliffe the week before the election is a really big red flag that Biden is radioactive for the Democrats. They had to send in Barack Obama as the closer. And what did Barack Obama say? That that it was a trumped-up culture war. The Republican, that Youngkin is Trump, and they're running on a trumped-up culture war. Uh, Barack Obama is the man who told his supporters to take guns to knife fights. Barack Obama is the man who told people to turn their neighbors into him if they were lying about Obamacare. He was uh, Barack Obama was the man who told Hispanic voters Republicans were their enemy. Barack Obama is the man who decided to run on culture war issues in 2012. The war on women with Mitt Romney and the binders full of women, that was Barack Obama. For Barack Obama to come in and say Republicans are the ones running the culture war, A girl getting raped by a transgender student in a bathroom is not a culture war. The school board covering that up is not a culture war. The school board lying and saying they had no knowledge of it when they did is not a culture war. And yet Barack Obama and the Democrats Say, this is all culture war stuff. It is not culture war stuff. And the fact that the Democrats want to treat it as that is a big red flag that the Democrats have problems headed into next year, let alone in Virginia. They think this stuff is really culture war stuff when it's not. Teaching your kids, being educated is not culture war stuff. Someone in in Northern Virginia, and I actually, if I'm honest, I actually think it was probably Republicans. I don't know. Someone in Virginia has planted signs. Well, not someone, some group has put signs all over Northern Virginia. It says, keep parents out of schools, vote Democrat. I, I got to think that's a dirty trick. I don't I don't know. But I mean, the Democrats can't, can't complain. They actually, Democrats and the power company in Virginia funded a front group that targeted gun owners trying to tell them that Glenn Youngkin was weak on uh, guns and bad on Trump. They should stay home and not vote for him. Voter suppression effort by the Democrats. The Democrats have troubles. 
And here's the thing that this is this is the remarkable thing. I can tell the Democrats how to get out of their troubles, and so can you. And they don't want to get out of the troubles because they disagree. They don't really think they are troubles. They actually think making this transgender HHS assistant secretary an admiral in the healthcare service is a popular winning issue with people. They actually think critical race theory is a popular issue with people. They actually think keeping parents out of schools is a popular issue with people because in their circles of people they come into contact with on a regular basis, it is. And they increasingly don't come in contact with people outside of their worldview, so they have no idea. They are convinced, epistemically convinced, that the arc of history bends in their direction. And so they they don't want to change. They can't change. They're overreaching and they don't get the voter anger. They think it's just a bunch of conservatives. They have conflated parents with conservatives. It's a lot of liberal parents who are upset in Virginia. And only at the end of the Virginia race have they realized that they can't just define Glenn Youngkin as the second coming of Trump because he's not. And they don't have time to pivot back to anything else. And so they've doubled down on that, that this is a boon to Trump, hoping that people who were so aggravated with Trump will come out and punish them. And, you know, McAuliffe should still win this race. The way Virginia has treated McAuliffe should still win this race. But it could be a 30, 40, 50,000 vote swing to Yunkin that hands him this race. He very well could run this race. The polling being tied for Terry McAuliffe is not good. We'll see how bad or, or good the pollsters are. But the Democrats themselves in Washington rushing to get the infrastructure package, reconciliation done in the light, to try to help McAuliffe, they don't understand. This isn't going to help. It's not going to be good. It's going to raise inflation. It's going to make voters very angry, and there will be hell to pay. And the Democrats are in an echo chamber inside a bubble where everyone tells them amen, and it's not going to work for them, and they should rethink this, but they won't because they disagree. And right now, there are progressives listening to me telling me, yelling at the radio, I'm wrong, just you wait. The voters will love it. Ah, no. Listen, I I know the voters won't love it because I know what the data says. Now, I know what you will love, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, uh, the the air purifier that you get from Eden Pure because I'm hearing from you guys. Y'all are emailing me. You like it. I know it works. I use it in the kitchen when Christy and the kids are gone and, I don't want them knowing I fried in the kitchen, particularly shrimp. You can get three of them right now. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm. If you go to EdenPureDeals.com, you can get the three-pack of the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You can get three of them for less than $200, saving $200, and get free shipping. Here's what you do. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. You click on my name, Eric Erickson. You put the Eden Pure three-pack, Thunderstorm three-pack, in your cart and check out. At checkout, you'll see a discount code box, and you put in E-R-I-C-K in the number three. Eric 3, no space, Eric 3, don't spell out 3, put the number in, E-R-I-C-K 3. And when you click apply, you will see that the price drops by $200. All three of them come out for less than $300, 
and you get free shipping. So you get one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your RV, one for your basement, wherever you need your air cleaned. Go to EdenPureDeals.com today. Use Eric3 as your discount. Go to checkout. Y'all, I, I, we've heard of Florida Man. We've heard of Florida Man. Well, remember PPP? Here's a headline for you. A Georgia man, not a Florida man, used his PPP loan to buy a $57,000 Pokemon card. Vinath Udomzin received $85,000 in August of last year for PPP. He used $57,789 to buy a Pokemon card. God help us. All right, to the phones I go. Tim is going to be up first. Welcome to the program, Tim. Thank you, thank you. Um, I wanted to ask a quick question. Uh, is there a way to overcome an executive order in the legislative branch or the courts or in the states so that we can get these pipelines back in operation? It's one thing to uh, be subject to OPEC like the president claims, which of course is not true, uh, but it's another thing to be subject to an executive order that has caused these gas prices to skyrocket. And so is there a way to overcome the executive order uh, in existence now, or is there a way to create um, um, a solution that overcomes it? Yeah. Um, So an executive order can always be overridden by legislation passed by Congress and signed into law. The president probably wouldn't. He'd veto it. You need two thirds of both houses of Congress to do it. Uh, there's There was a court fight, if I remember right. It got thrown out because it is within the president's right uh, to restrict this, in large part because it, it involves the interplay of federal land and several state la- uh, land issues. And so the president, unless Congress passes a law, gets to rule over it. And so the courts threw out that lawsuit. Uh, there's not a whole lot states can do because it involves interstate travel of a pipeline. Each individual state could could uh, commit to a pipeline, but states can only commit internally to pipelines. And the moment a state uh, pipeline crosses a state, it becomes an interstate issue, and and that is a federal issue. And unfortunately, Congress has abdicated this issue to the president. Um, and also, I do think we do need to note that the Keystone XL pipeline would not itself probably help assist the reduction in gas prices maybe a little, but at the margins, it was really designed, the pipeline was designed to uh, flow Canadian oil abroad. So it would bring down prices in international uh, rates. The bigger issue, though, is that the president also hurt domestic drilling on federal lands and cracked down on access to oil on federal lands. I will say this, though, on private lands, The president hasn't really put a lot of impediments in. The impediment had been the price of gas got so low, it didn't make fracking a viable option. And now that gas prices are so high and the price of a barrel of oil is so high, it suddenly again makes it likely that fracking is economically viable for oil and gas, not just natural gas. So we may see that rev back up in in the country. That would be a good thing, access to to gas underground through fracking is it's doable. It's just kind of expensive. The price is so high, it makes it viable to do. Um, but we got to find ways to boost. We were energy independent until Biden came along. 